Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Good morning. You're in the loop. Every week we talk with the people who make San Antonio a better place to live. Thanks for joining us in the loop. Here's your host, Milton Glick. And welcome to In the Loop. I'm Milton Glick, and that's exactly what we do. We get you caught up with the people, the organizations that are making San Antonio a better place to live. And we're going to take, you know, every now and then we talk with someone that um, that we're both learning about at the same time. I know enough about this organization to be fascinated and interested in it. We're going to talk to Dr. It's the only time I'll do that, Robin. Dr. Robin Trasnack, who is the founder of Robin's Nest. And we'll talk a little bit about the organization because it is, it's very, it's interesting. It's unique. And I think you're going to like learning about it. And we'll also tell you a little bit if it's, if we have time and if it's appropriate, how you can get involved in it. So Robin, how are you doing? Welcome to In the Loop. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, it's my pleasure. Listen, this, this, and I, I learned a little bit about your organization yesterday as you talked about it. And then I went online or two days ago and then I went online and, and saw the big old bus uh, yes. so let's do this first. Let's talk about your mission, uh, and then we'll get into the history of Robin's Nest. That sounds great. Okay. Thank you. So start off, start us off with the, uh, with the mission. What do you hope yeah. to accomplish? Great. Well, our organization, Robin's Nest, Nest actually stands for Nurturing, Early Success, and Teaching. And that's what we do. We go out into the community, into different pockets throughout San Antonio. And our mission is truly to help young children and their families as they build a strong foundation for academics, literacy, numeracy, social skills, and just help them prepare for a successful life. And this came, why why did you, how did this, the idea come to start? Yeah, yeah, excellent question. I am an educator. I say, of course, and uh, I'll preface that a little bit. I've been in the classroom for a couple of decades now in the elementary classroom, and I spent so much time with young learners, specifically in those kindergarten years and those early childhood years, where the children did not come into the classroom ready for school. They simply had been at home and not been into books and into learning activities, not for any other reason than just maybe the parents didn't know they needed to be working with their kiddos, or maybe the parents didn't have those literacy skills of their own, or simply the parents had jobs that didn't allow them to be with their children at certain hours to to help guide their path. And so as I started working with these children in my classroom, I actually started inviting parents into my classroom, into my elementary classroom. That's interesting. At times, yes, I got special permission so that the parents could sit there and just observe what I was doing. It was amazing for them to come over and see how I was teaching their children and how much their children could learn. 
And so when I went to school, to graduate school, to work on my Ph.D., which, yes, I said I definitely don't <laughs> need that title, although as an educator and a lifelong learner, I wanted to go back to school again. And so as I worked on my Ph.D., I started realizing more and more how much the whole family needed this education. We have services across the community, across San Antonio, across our nation where families can drop their kiddos off or some organizations where the whole family can go and gain extra literacy skills or extra learning skills. But that means the family has to go there. And so part of my thought process was I need to get to the family. And so you mentioned that we have a big bus. We truly purchased a school bus and we gutted it. So we took all the seats out and created an early childhood classroom on the inside. And that way we can drive into communities and be right there where the family lives. So into an apartment complex, into a small neighborhood, whatever it is. Just for added fun, we painted it Robin's Egg Blue <laughs> to go along with our name. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big blue bus. You can't miss it when you yes. go on the website. <laughs> Uh, by the way, tell me if I get this right. Uh, the website to learn more as we talk is robinsnestsa.org, and Robin is spelled with a Y, R-O-B-Y-N-S, nestsa.org. And um, as we tell you more about the organization, that's the website to go, and that's the website to go to to see the big Robin's Blue Nest, a Robin's Blue Egg Blue bus uh, as well. So, okay, so so you've got the bus. Um now, how, how long, how far back is this? How, how many years yeah. are we talking? We are five years old. Okay. We started in the spring of 2017. Oh, my goodness. So, You're going through the mm -hmm. pandemic, aren't you? <laughs> well, we did make our way through the pandemic. I can share some about that as well. Uh, yes, so we started in 2017 and received our 501c3. So, of course, we're a nonprofit here in the community. In fact, all of our Volunteers are completely voluntary, uh, including myself. When I finished my Ph.D. work, I stopped working in the elementary school and came over to a university. So I now teach at a university, but that's my full-time job. My volunteer work is all done through Robin's Nest and, and other entities around the community. But, yes, everybody is completely volunteer-based. Uh, based in our organization and so we have a lot of teachers we have other parents we have retirees that just want to come out and read with children and let those families come on the bus and again start observing what we're doing and you talked about going into different neighborhoods so you you mm -hmm. you brought the uh, the learning to directly to these communities uh, here in san antonio um but so what what does it look like okay let's let's take a typical day uh has yeah. so are you choosing the community has someone called you and said hey uh, we just heard about you on the radio we think that you would be a big help in our community or how does that work and then we'll go from there a little bit of both okay i'd say it's more heavy so we select the community that we're going to go to and then some of it is word of mouth and and a organization or an apartment complex hearing that, ooh, this would be a great benefit to their community and, and bringing the boss out for their families. 
the majority of the time, I'm doing research on different school districts, different schools specifically in a district. I'm looking at testing. I'm looking at scores. I'm looking at attendance rates. And as you can imagine, I'm going to those places that are lower and on those spectrums so that we can reach those families and help guide them into, yes, we're here with you today, and here's some great reasons to be in your classroom as well. And so we're trying to support those local schools. That's cool. And and so, okay, it's interesting you're looking at the numbers. So what are, do you know the challenges ahead of you? Let's say you pick a community that you're going to set up in. Uh, and how long do you set up in the community? Is it just a, a week, a day, a month, a year? Yeah, that's a very good question. We go to communities for just small periods of time in a given day. We're there two to four hours okay. and working with those families. And the families come and go. Sometimes a family wants to stay out with us for a whole hour or an hour and a half. The other day we were in a community and all of a sudden we looked at our watches and realized, Ooh, it's already time to go, and nobody had left. So they had just <laughs> stayed this entire time, which is outstanding. That's the moment when we are working with the family. Those are the moments when we are embedded completely in their learning. Now, then they have to go back home, and what are we going to do? So we send them home with activities. We send them home with reminders of how they can continue the learning in their own home. We send them home with some resources and those materials. Then we come back a couple of months later. And so we always share the dates. We put up signs in the apartment complexes or around the community, whatever it is. And so that way we can touch many, many, many communities throughout the year, throughout the five years you know, whatever it is, we want to make sure that we're staying in touch with those families. And some of those families still contact us over the time that we're not there with them. They'll call us, we'll chat about homework, we'll talk about emotional situations that are going on with their children. And so we still try to keep in clear communication with those families between our visits. Who, and I'm guessing, is it a teacher that might recommend to the family, knowing you're going to be there, maybe knowing your history, hey, you guys might want to be there. They're going to be here uh, in front of uh, in your apartment complex next uh, next Saturday. Um, or is it the parents that find out and then bring their children in? Um, mm-hmm. how, how, who initiates it? Yeah. Or is it a little of both? Yeah, it's more, yeah, it's more of a ladder. You're right, it is a little of both. Sometimes the, the schools do make that connection, but mainly it's in the community. Mainly it is leasing managers, so office managers of the apartment complex. And many of our communities have community managers, if you will. And so they are there at the apartment complex so that they can promote activities such like this, or they create their own. And so they are out in the community. They know the families that live in their apartment complexes. And so they're going out and sharing with them that we're going to be there and telling them more about our organization. We're about a halfway point, uh, Robin. I want to make sure I'll tell people who we're talking to again, but as, as, as we're talking Tell me a little bit if someone says, you know what, I, I want to find out more about this. I want to call and see if they can come to our community. How do they mm-hmm. follow through on that? Is it just the website? Is there a phone number? What do you recommend? Yeah, we can 
send you both a phone number and, a, and of course, you've shared the website. And we can definitely share an email as well. We have an email that is just admin, so A-D-M-I-N, at robinsnestsa.org. And as you mentioned it, we spell it like my name, so not like the bird. Uh, it is R-O-B-Y-N-S-N-E-S-T-S-A.org. So admin at robinsnest.org. We'd love to hear from people that would like to read with children, would like to be out in the community, just giving back, sharing that love for lifelong learning. And I've got those emails here and that website here at the station. I'm Milton Glick, and uh, uh, if you didn't get it, maybe you're driving while listening to the show. Uh, it's okay. Or maybe you think of something during the week. Call me here at the station, 210-344-8481, 210-344-8481. And I'll be happy to get you uh, the information, uh, whether it's the website or the email our guest is uh, Robin uh, Tresnak. She is the founder of Robin's Nest. We're talking a little bit about the organization. Uh, and I think the thing that perked up my ears when I heard you talk about it uh, mm-hmm. was the fact that you you get the whole family involved. Um, Absolutely. And was that always the intent? Or did that just kind of happen and you went, hey, um, this is a good model or how did yeah. that come about? That was always the intent. Okay. As I watched children in my early childhood classrooms, in my kindergarten classrooms, I completely saw the need for the learning to continue in the home. And needless to say, as an educator, I've always believed that education can't just happen within the four walls of the school. It needs to continue in the home. It needs to continue in the community. It needs to be authentic and continue through the grocery store, wherever. And the truth is that some parents simply don't know how to make that happen. Some parents think, well, I'm not a teacher. How do I help my child understand how to sound out a word? How do I help my child understand the basis of multiplication or whatever the concept is? It may sound like a simple concept because you've been multiplying for years and years and years, but to help your child understand that concept is a tad bit different. And so I just felt that if we created an organization where the whole family was invited out to enjoy the experience together, where the parents could sit beside an educator and sit beside somebody that was working with their child, that would allow them to start seeing what they could do with their children in a real-life situation. Part of what our organization does is show ways that these learning connections can happen in the home in real time so we can learn through making dinner together. We can learn through working in the yard together. No matter what it is, we're not saying, oh, you need to sit down for an extra amount of time with your children. That's great. If you can sit down and do that homework with your kiddos, beautiful. The reality is our schedules get pretty busy. So how can we integrate the learning into everything that we're doing? We also use resources on the bus and send resources home with children. They're fairly inexpensive. We have to come to that realization as well, that we might not all be able to order the latest gadget or the latest teaching activity and teaching game. That's not what it's about. It's about teaching and learning with those items that are in our house every single day. 
and 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 again the 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 parent part fascinates me uh because i'm i'm guessing that of the two the parent or the child and i mm-hmm. hope this is the right word that that one is easier to motivate than the other <laughs> Uh, and and my gut tells me the child is easier to motivate, and the parents may have a little reluctance because, like you say, they have they they perceive a lot of obstacles. Uh, either they're uncomfortable because they don't know how to do it, and I'm, I'm I, I do this all the time. I'm kind of trying to answer your question. So which 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 person is more reluctant or uh, uh, more challenging to to reach? Is it the child or is it the parent? is the parents. You're exactly right. They've been through the learning process. They feel as if they should know what's going on. In fact, part of my work with my dissertation was interviewing parents in these situations. And some of the parents that I interviewed and spoke with and then eventually started teaching so that they were ready for their own children were parents of six and seven children, and I was actually working with their sixth or seventh child. And they were quite embarrassed by concepts they didn't understand with their first four or five or six children. So that goes right into what you're saying. And so we had that conversation emotionally first, and then we went into the academics. That's a little bit different because that was in an interview situation, and it was in a one-on-one. On the bus, we can get past some of that reluctancy because it's full of children and it's full of other parents or it's full of other aunts and uncles and grandparents who are out there with their children and grandchildren and their family members. So that helps a tad bit. It also is a place where we just invite the parent on. So we're not saying, oh, parent, we need you to sit here so that you can learn from us. We're simply saying, Join us. We'd love to have you on the bus. And then they can take in what we're teaching the child. They can start seeing, oh, I can do that. That's something that I can transfer into my own home. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Is there a light bulb moment when the, the, you see the parent uh, kind of go, oh, mm-hmm. oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. And then they become more confident in their ability to uh, to reach their child. Maybe something they've wanted to do. In fact, do you get that? I, I wanted to do this all along. I have uh, five other children. I just never right. knew this. Yes. And we keep whole families together quite often on the bus. Now, oh, cool. we do allow them to, to go off and do their own thing. And so you have a 12-year-old over here and a 5-year-old over here, and the parent can go back and forth. And that's a-okay. But there are moments when we keep a whole family together so that they can realize they can also do some differentiation with activities. It's not as if when they're back in their home, they need to sit with the kindergartner to do the homework, and then they need to sit with the third grader, and then, you know, and on and on, but that they truly can, as I mentioned, create a meal together, or they can go to the park together and go on a nature walk and and find learning that is A-OK for each one of those ages. And in fact, it's not just about the parents helping with the teaching, then the older children begin helping with that teaching too. Or the younger child gets excited about something and sparks learning in the older sibling as well. And so it truly is a family learning experience, and the light bulb ends up being multiplied. You end up seeing all these lights go off throughout the entire family. And I'll be honest that sometimes a parent does not want to come on the bus. 
Yeah. As you mentioned, yeah, they might be reluctant. We are really excited that we have extended activities. You know, the bus is only so big, so we definitely take activities off the bus and have picnic tables and carpets and, and extended activities out there. And many of our volunteers stay off the bus to help with the activities that are going on in that extended fashion. And if we have a parent that's out there that says, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm good, I'd like to stay right here, terrific. Then we have a volunteer that's ready to chat with them, just talk in general. Again, that conversation might not have anything to do with academics, but just starting that conversation is a great point. Maybe next month when we're there again, they'll get a little closer to the door. No worries. Yeah, it's about was... a long-term process, not instant. I was willing to bet that that <laughs> um, yeah that there would be situations where they were the the, the parents were just with with uh, were so willing for their child to to be taught in a different way and a different thing but but they're like yeah you know what we're just going to stay here until it's done and then at some point something clicks and they go you know what yeah look how i guess everybody's having fun or this is great or i can do this i don't know something clicks and they mm-hmm. or or they even tell you you know when i got here i didn't want to be part of this at all and now sure i do. love coming and being a part yeah. of this Yes. That is so cool. Yeah, and, and they're inviting other neighbors and oh, family wow. members. So, yeah. so what it's age groups can participate? You mentioned 5 that, through 12. That, yeah, that part has grown. Our goal truly was that 2 to 6-year-old range. As I mentioned, when I got started with this, the intention was let's help these kiddos get ready for school. Let's help families realize how they can lay that foundation of learning for their young children so that, yes, they're ready for school, but truly so that they're ready for a lifetime of learning. It's not all about the formal education that happens in the school walls. It's literally that lifetime of learning. As you know from the event we were at the other night, Mm -hmm. we want to continue learning to the end of our days. And that's what we want to lay that foundation for these young children. If they've already missed that when they're three and four and five, unfortunately, it's pretty tough to help them understand the value of continued learning. And so that was our goal originally. And as we started, we realized the siblings are coming out as well. We need to make sure we have activities for the whole family and not just that youngest group. In fact, there are moments when we have a high school age sibling or a college age sibling and the parent doesn't come out. But reality is that high school or that college aged student, they're the ones with their younger siblings in these learning moments. The parents are working a couple of jobs, what yeah. have you. And so we really have stretched ourselves to say we need to be prepared for whatever the family unit is that comes out. And that does mean every age and range there. So we do have a very wide range of activities on the bus, and we extend into those older children now as well. Talking to Robin Trasnak, she is the uh, founder of Robin's Nest, the website Robin with a Y, robinsnestsa.org, or if you want to email them, admin at robinsnestsa.org. Man, we're running out of time, Robin, but I, I want to ask you, too, I always want to know, how can our listeners get involved? Is it is it a volunteer opportunity? Is it financial mm-hmm. support? But I bet it's both. 
Definitely both. As I shared, we are always looking for people that are wanting to come out and read with children. It doesn't have to be an educator. Uh, it doesn't have to be somebody that has experience in the classroom. Just somebody that wants to come love on children and share that lifetime learning process with children and read to them. So definitely emailing us at the admin at robinsnestsa.org to let us know your interest in volunteering. And then, of course, financially is always a way that we are looking for support. Of course, we spend money to buy the fuel, to take the bus out, and to keep the bus running to get into the communities, and then buying books and materials that, yes, we can use on the bus, but also that we can send home with the children so that they can continue the learning even days and days after work on. And again, for that, we have a donation area on our website, or you're welcome to just contact me at the admin email site, and we can talk about other ways to send a check or other ways of financial donation. Got about a minute and a half left, and I, I apologize because I didn't warn you ahead of time on this. I always do this. Do you have a favorite story that you love to tell uh, about maybe something a parent said to you after having their child involved or seeing a, a, a child grow? Yeah. Uh, do you have one you like to tell? Yeah, I, I'll tell you this in a general way. I have a couple of parents who have attended since 2017 who are now wanting to come into other communities to Whoa. serve when we go. And to me, that's pretty phenomenal, that not only do they now see ways that they can help their children as a whole, but that they can guide other parents as well. And so we have a couple of volunteers that are in that boat, and that to me is just an amazing sight that they want to be guiding parents in that same way. Yeah, and that means that the that for their family it meant something and and was very positive because and they want to share that which is great i'm waiting too for the story and we'll have to maybe wait a few more years with five years under your belt where you say uh this person started off as someone we were teaching as a child and now they want to come back and volunteer yes that'll happen absolutely it will happen all right. I know it will. Yes, thank you. Yeah, Robin, we've run out of time. Robin Trasneck has been our guest, Ph.D. Sorry, Robin. Uh, you can find <laughs> the website, Robin with a Y, robinsnestessay.org, or email admin at robinsnestessay.org. Robin, thank you so much. It's a great story, and uh, uh, I, I've enjoyed listening to it again after hearing about it on Wednesday. So thank you again. Yes. Uh, we will keep. We will talk again. So we'll say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick. You join us next week as we keep you in the loop. Thanks for joining us in the loop. We look forward to bringing you next week's show with Milton Glick. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525.